We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Backliners podcast. You're right, Barra. My mic is quiet for some reason, and I don't know why. So I'm just going to turn it up real loud, and if uh, it's bad, it's bad, because what, what else can we do about it? It's a podcast. It's me. It's Agro and Vera. What's uh, what is happening in any of our lives? Uh, who knows? Not me. But look, we're it's here. the off season, man. Like it's it not is, serious. Dude, it is off season brain to the max for me. I don't know about you, but I I just can't think of anything. I'd like yell for it to pick it up. All right, I'm just gonna be yelling the whole episode. <laughs> Didn't bring water. Unlucky for me. But that's the Joe's gonna be trying to go to sleep and she's gonna be pissed, dude. One of the reasons that I was running like 30 seconds late, okay? That turned you down on Discord because you're just yelling. Well, I have to yell. One of the reasons of like 30 seconds late is that this football game, the Cowboys game, was going absolutely insane at the very end. And Barry, I know you're not a football fan, but nope, imagine this, okay. Okay. Imagine that, um, trying to put this in the best smite analogy I can. Basically what happened is the, the, the Cowboys are trying to score. They have no timeouts. They have to run up and they have to spike the ball, which just means like snap it and throw it straight into ground in order to stop the clock. But the ref needs to touch the ball before they can snap it. And the ref runs into the quarterback and that, that loses them like two seconds and the game clock expires and the game is over. Because he couldn't touch it. Because he ran into the quarterback. So, like, what if you guys were about to secure EFG and Vinny just, like, tripped and, like, landed on Ven's keyboard and, like, made it so he couldn't secure the fire. So they stole EFG and they won the game off of it. That, and I that's would what be happened. very tilted. Because you can't, like, replay it, right? That's just, like, how it goes. I don't know. But you really can't do anything about that? Like, the ref just trolling? Or? The ref just trolled. That's just how it goes. They just Wait, you actually out. can't do anything? You're their just come off? Their season's over. Oh! Yep. It's, oh. There's no, and uh, in just like all good tournaments, Barra, uh, there's oh, no, no loser's bracket. You know? It's one and done. The stakes are there in front of you. If there was a loser's bracket, the ref play wouldn't have mattered. I'm just right, saying. which is why it would suck, Barra. You made my argument for me. What? That's why it matters. That's why it's exciting. No, if any trips and trolls on our keyboard, I'm hoping there's a double even bracket to save me, bro. Nope, that's uh, that's the way it goes, bro. That's what makes it that's what makes it exciting. 
absolutely crazy. Everyone's saying it was on the quarterback. Whatever happened, whoever's fault it is, that is a wild, wild way to uh, to have your season be over, for sure. That's, um, that's kind of funny, though. Ab- absolutely wild. Uh, I just better drink my kombucha with the lid on, so offseason going great. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the way it goes. Um, okay. I'm... I'm riled up, Vera. I'm oh. riled up. My oh, mic isn't working the way it should. And now I... Look, Mabino is normally my boy in the chat. But this is... I will defend this to my last breath, okay? okay. Idiot level take after this world's aggro. Oh, Mabino no. Says. Oh, that's Are you kidding oh. me? Really? What are you talking about? Double Elim and MOBAs doesn't work. It doesn't work. That's why no one does it. At Worlds, what are you talking about? That's why no one does it. You do double elim up until the final bracket, and then it's single elim because that's what matters. That's what makes it exciting. That's what makes it cool. Come on. Chat, if you told me that you loved PK's run last year, but you think there should be double elim, I think you're dumb. I think you're dumb. I'm serious. I don't think you get it, okay? If you play last year's Worlds 10 times, Ghost wins 9, right? They win 9. They were the best team by a mile going into that world. What makes it cool and interesting is that it isn't the best team that always wins. It's whoever plays the best on that weekend. That's what that's that's why they play it. So if you like those cool runs by underdog teams, you best be loving the single Elim. Cause that's your only option. Well that's that's incorrect, Agro. Why do you think that, Vera? Because that run could literally happen in lose bracket. But it's so but like, bro, you are rolling the dice. And I, win. It is I win. So, I win. It is I win. so low. What do you mean? If I beat you your want, argument. I beat your argument. What are you talking about, Barra? If you want to have the most unique winners possible. <laughs> Barra, if you want the most unique winners possible, then it should be single elit, right? I don't know. I'm not even listening to what you're saying, Barra. Yeah, just know. so I'll Barra, chat, here's the thing about Barra, okay? He riled me up many years ago by saying that all Disney movies are bad. This was, this was early in the podcast life. It's actually crazy that I kept doing it, all right? And then I go, I can't believe you said that. I turned the podcast off. I go, I can't believe you said that. And Barra goes, yeah, I was just trolling. I don't actually think that. I was just saying it in or- because I thought it was a good bit, okay? And I have lived with that truth for a long time. And I'm sick of it. Okay? And Bear is doing the same thing to me now oh that he did then. And I'm not letting him get away with it. Double Elim I... is fine to qualify. Once you get there, it is single Elim because you can't give a big enough advantage to the winner and retain the hype. I'm right. Deal with uh... it. I'm not entertaining any argument on this. I won't. I won't. Well, I think you just did. I'm not entertaining it because I'm not, I, oh, I'm anymore. not even giving anymore. it any thought. Okay. I have, I okay. have solidified my thought process and I'm very I you already did. 
I know. You're, you're, based on how angry you got. It makes me so mad, dude, because everyone's just circle jerking about how this world wasn't as good because of the world's, because it wasn't double Elin. And I'm like, what? No, it, it, it wasn't that. It was more of just all of the games were stompy one way or the other. Okay. And there wasn't like great games. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was what I had to see like Leviathan's win. Levi- I don't know why that just sounds so like <laughs> wrong. I don't know why <laughs> Leviathan's won. Um, it, it was just like the the lackluster games. Um, topped off with like no crowd. I think it just made worlds overall kind of boring. Well, you hit it um, right there, Barra, and that's that this worlds could never be what anyone wanted it to be because last year at least we had the we we had spent all year online. And then we come, we came mm-hmm. in studio to do worlds, and so it at least felt different in that way. This year, yeah, sure. because of the pandemic, we could not have done anything to make it feel different than what it normally was. Oh no! I'm so, not and I'm not blaming you for rent. that. I'm just saying that I think that people are are, misconstru- are are misinterpreting their what made them feel like this was less fulfilling, and that would it is that's that it had, we couldn't change anything functionally. From what it was all year, to to the world championship. No, I'm not saying it was anything on you guys, like on high res or anything. No, I know, like, I know you're not. But I just think it was the like the games were just a little boring. I mean, that's why like the Scarab sets, Leviathan just stomped everyone. And yeah. when they just stomps, it's like it's still hype because it's worlds, but it's not like you can't touch the PK games, like. And that's what we're coming off of is that like miracle run. We got to see like SSG get reverse swept again. And like that was just heartbreaking. And then this year it was just all the games were really close. Scarab Dragons wasn't close. Us versus Leviathans wasn't close. Like all the sets like weren't really close. They didn't like satisfy people. Okay. We, can't t- we cannot talk about this the whole podcast because I will literally. You still sound angry, bro. You gotta, I am you still mad about it. This anger, I am mad bro. about it because I, I, I love the, the product that we put out and I wanted it to be good. And like we see it in. It's in, not your fault, Leviathans. We're just way better than everyone. That's, I know, but it would. But if. How often do we talk about, you know balance changes in smite or in other games or decisions in games that are made because the public thinks they want something that won't actually be good but because it gains you know these ideas gain momentum and when they gain Mm -hmm. enough momentum they get instituted because that's what everyone wants but it's but it's worse and i'm just like i feel like it's so clear to me like you mentioned ssg getting reverse swept again that was in quarterfinals last year that reverse sweep wouldn't have been so impactful if there was a losers bracket that's why that reverse wrong. sweep we make <clears throat> that's why it matters but that's I, why we care that's what makes it good i mean i do think those hype sets can still happen in loser bracket runs and i right, like but, i think loser bracket runs are still extremely hype like, of course they are. Of course they're... they are. But there's no difference between a great run from PK last year in a single Elim tournament to them. I mean, if if you go based on like like I'm telling you, last year's Worlds, PK makes this unbelievable run. Mm-hmm. They lose nine out of ten times in those finals to to Ghost. In my opinion, maybe I'm wrong. 
but that's the way I saw I it. Think they, you're wrong a little bit, but yeah. They lost every early game by like a ton. You know what I mean? Mm. It, they lost every early game by a ton and had to do really, really impressive stuff to get back. To make them do that six times in order to, you know, if they have to win one best of five, then another, or, you know, eliminating a game from that, or, you know, whatever you want to choose for the winner's side, it likely doesn't happen. So I feel like, you know, the argument for, for double Elim is in the interest of the best players because the be- the best team is more likely to win in double Elim. But in my opinion, I don't want the best team to win every year. I want the best team that day to win. And that seems way more exciting to me than just well, guaranteeing it. it that way. I still see double Elim as the best team winning that day once like you already lose. Like if it's on the finals day, it's still the best team winning in my opinion. Sure. And there and look, PK could make a run like that in with a losers bracket or any team can make a run like that in losers mm-hmm. bracket. It's not like the best team is always going to win, but I think it does increase the odds of the best team winning and decreases the odds of an underdog winning, you know, like that's when we're doing our pre-world show and we're talking, yo, uh scarabs are coming in um but we know that they've got an uphill battle. Scarabs in a double elim format, we're like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, they have to do so much more to, in order to beat these teams. They have to beat a team that we can perceive as better than them twice in order to actually mm-hmm. advance to a meaningful position. Whereas in this position, it's like, yeah, you know, if they just play well, then uh, I mean, I, then it could happen. I'm pretty sure, like, this year, Scarabs could have beaten Dragons twice easily. Yeah, this year they could have for sure. Based off of like how we were scrimming them and everything, I think they scarabs were easy, like a extremely good team at this world's compared to the rest of their season. Like they literally just got better and better and better as the year went on. Um but yeah. Season nine. Uh is <laughs> Barra's is, uh, Barra's uh transitioning me, which is good work because Lord knows I'm just trying to get the anger out of your voice, man. Uh, you were I heated can't. for 50. Minutes, man. I'm, I'm, That's I'm not just, good for your blood pressure, man. We're getting all season brain. I'm just, I'm just angry all the time. Um, all right, let's You're let's talk. All these kids off your lawn. <laughs> I want to get them off my lawn. They're all dumb and want double Elim, bro. Get them out of my lawn. It's snowy on my lawn right now, so they can True. slip and fall on their way out. Um, okay. Uh, we're just gonna. I don't know. I assume that this is probably gonna be like multiple shows. Of yeah, it should nine. be. Um. Let's want to be here for like three hours. No, I don't. In fact, we have to. We're, we're cutting it. I sure don't. We have to really cut it at uh, at like nine because because like I said, I'm missing a Steelers game right now. We're gonna lose anyways, but I want to watch us lose uh, uh-huh. in full pain. Um, okay. So so 44 minutes we got. To we got go 44 minutes to go. Oh wait, I've got I've got to let you guys know about our sponsor for this episode. Um, oh boy, I lo- I lost the uh, the the read. Here we go. Um, this episode of The Backliners is brought to you by Axie Infinity. Play-to-earn games are games that allow you to earn crypto in-game, and Axie Infinity is the most popular play-to-earn crypto game in the world. Go to go.okex.com slash Axie or the link in chat to find out how you can start earning crypto today. Um, okay, so we're just starting from Conquest in Season 9 patch notes, and we're talking about the Obelisk. Now, both of us have had the opportunity to play some PTS, me some dev play yep. tests and that kind of stuff, so these are... Uh, early reactions i'd say to what um what we're seeing in season nine how i i know obelisks had a couple problems with like uh 
you know going through and, and operating properly but in general what's your what's your reaction to the obelisk um i still haven't gotten a great grasp of it sometimes it feels like a chore to go do it but i think in a more competitive scenario when people get used to it i think it will be impactful but i was just playing like a lot of viewer games um i wasn't doing like in-houses with uh, other like top ranked players or anything mm-hmm. um but it definitely felt really bad when we were like 90% of the way to get our obelisk finished and then someone just came and stole all of it and they instantly filled theirs up. Yes. Yeah, um, is it supposed to be doing damage or is that just patched out or what? I, you are supposed to take damage for stealing okay. uh, for stealing it um, and you aren't supposed to be able to get them as quickly as you were. Okay, gotcha. That makes it way better then, because it was kind of hard to balance, I think, sometimes, of, like, trying to control... It was kind of like... It felt like I wasn't playing Smite, which was probably, like, a good thing. It felt like I was playing, like, a different game mode, almost, Mm -hmm. um, which was kind of exciting to kind of control the map. The more I played it, the more I got more used to, like, figuring out which camps I wanted to go to, figuring out, like, which wards I wanted to place, depending on which camps were spawning. Um, yeah, it felt pretty impactful. I do miss, like, Draugr. I think Draugr was a really good idea. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the actual patch notes, so I don't know if they, like, gave a reason for getting Draugr out, but I did like that a lot. Um, also, I was a little confused as to, like, the double forp now, um, for, like, controlling the entire map for buffing those buffs. Mm. Yes, I don't remember what the dev commentary was on that, but... Um, okay yeah i didn't watch it unfortunately i yeah. just kind of like played when you say uh when you say the draugr do you mean you miss the like the buff draugr gave you because mm-hmm. there is still a camp there oh is that buff or does that camp give you the draugr buff no 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 it's just golden experience. oh okay okay so yeah you yeah miss, i missed miss the buff yeah i missed the actual buff because i felt like that added a little bit of extra strategy in the late game mm-hmm. for like controlling certain parts so like even if you were, like, already losing a team fight, obviously you just go get Draugr. I like that. And also, I like just the base defense aspect of it. I want to say, like, that stuff's exciting. I'm drafting that style and then also controlling Draugr late game. Um, yeah, I just thought that was a cool design aspect. Fair enough. Um, yeah, the the new Nagas and that kind of stuff. The Scepter, that's kind of tied to the Obelisk. Um, I think that as that gets more in tune you know on release it should be operating uh as expected um Mm -hmm. so we can kind of talk a little bit more about that uh really quickly some some general uh bigger objective um scaling changes uh fire giant and pyromancer and gold fury all get a little bit more power scaling uh, actually doubles their power scaling from two to four so makes them a little bit harder um as the game goes on i I feel like maybe it was meta being a lot of like double hunter and that kind of stuff but um i did feel like that those objectives were going down a little bit too easily so i kind of like that change Mm -hmm. it's not it's not make them tankier it's making them more threatening um which i think is more fun uh than just like yeah i think sponges it was a little too easy to solo objectives, I think, with Death's Embrace and, like, that build that was going around. Or, yep. the, like, I see old, like, Crusher Aussie Death's Embrace build. You could literally just solo fire whenever you wanted. Um, 
You could either get like a little bit of help, or you could just, if you were ahead, you could literally just solo it. So I, I agree. Yep. Um, all right. So on to relics now. This is probably going to take up like literally our whole podcast today. It's just talking about yeah. relics. Um, in general, before we kind of dive a little bit deeper, thoughts on this direction um, for relics? Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. I love being able to decide in the game if you want to upgrade your relics or upgrade your items or like level your items more. I think it adds a lot of diversity and a lot of different build paths that you can go. And it just kind of, I don't know, just makes the game so much more unique each time. Besides like, okay, I'm just getting beads. Okay, I'm getting Aegis. Okay, once I finish my six items, I'm going to upgrade both of them. Now I feel like you have a much more, like, stronger reason to upgrade them early. And because you can get a lot of, like, offensiveness off of your relics now. And honestly, a lot of the relic ideas are really good. Some of them are a little scary. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think the upgrade shell was really scary. I think there's a, um, the Belt of Frenzy. I think one of those was pretty good. I'm glad the Blink Rune already got nerfed. But yeah, some of them, we'll get, we'll get to it. But yeah. something a little scary for me. We'll get to the specifics. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think that this is a really fun and interesting way to add um, new effects to the game uh, mm-hmm. and add a little bit of complexity without making it too hard for the very casual Smite player to understand what is happening. Um, mm-hmm. Because you still get these for free. Uh, so, you know, it's a very good idea still, right? Yeah. Whenever, you know, if you have a friend who only plays, uh, 3v3 joust once every (laughs) six months, uh, they're going to be able to join up and still play and, and have, and not be super punished. Uh, you know, obviously Mm. they'll be at a disadvantage, but anyone who plays a MOBA once every six months without getting updated is going to be at a disadvantage. That's like part of the draw of the genre, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. so overall, uh, I think this is an awesome design direction and there are some that I think a lot of people are really scared of that I like, but we'll get, we'll get to those, um, in a little bit. Uh, we'll start with mm-hmm. Aegis. So there's, so in, if you are out of the loop, here's the deal. You still get your relic at one and at 12 for free. You can still upgrade it, uh, for 300 gold or 500 gold or, or no, now it's 300 gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh you still it's the exact same as it was this year basically just a cooldown decrease how it's been for the last few years but now each relic has two tier three upgrades that uh are another 500 gold on top of that um and are just really they do some wild stuff uh Mm -hmm. and yeah they're gonna completely change the way the game is played so the two Aegis options are Aegis of Acceleration and Aegis of Judgment. Aegis of Acceleration is using this item makes you invulnerable to damage and healing for 1.5 seconds and prevents you from taking any actions, typical for uh, for what Aegis is now. Uh, you can still move, of course. Each instance of damage prevented in this time provides you 7% movement speed for 4 seconds, stacking up to 3 times. Uh, I have not built Acceleration yet. Have you? I've been going Judgment. Uh, I built acceleration a lot, and it was kind of hard to judge the movement speed because a lot of times I wasn't paying attention to my movement speed in those moments when I'm spamming Aegis and hoping it goes off. Right. Uh, but I think on immobile carries where you're 100% going to get dove, 
Um, you can kind of make the decision between acceleration and judgment, and in my opinion, get value out of both of them, mm-hmm. which, again, like I said earlier, I like a lot. Um, just having the... Because if it was only one path, I think that makes it very boring to get to the tier three. But because you have two paths, I think it, that makes it so exciting. Um, but I'm not sure which one is actually better. Yeah. Um, I'll have to te- I'll have to do a lot of testing with these. Yeah, acceleration. Okay, let me read judgment, and then I'll and then I'll kind of talk about my gut reaction to which is better mm-hmm. in which situation. Um, Agus of judgment, same thing. One point five seconds can't take any actions, can still move, invulnerable to damage and healing. At the end of the duration, you explode, dealing 100 plus 50% of the prevented damage as magical damage in a 30-unit radius. The damage is dealt by, the damage dealt by this effect is capped at 50% of your maximum health. So basically, I'm, you take I think a bunch that got nerfed, by the way. The max health, I think it's like 30% or something. Oh, now it's 30%. Okay, yeah, I'm reading the, uh, yeah. the original patch notes, so very, uh, very possible. Um... Okay, yeah, player boot said it was thirty percent now. All right, cool. Uh, so I think I really like Agus of Judgment on mm-hmm. gods like Jean Kui, who are getting in there and have Ooh. no intention of ever getting out, um, <laughs> and are just about doing as much as they can with their life while they while they have it. Um, whereas mm-hmm. on a god like you know Poseidon or Ra or something like that that already gets some movement speed getting acceleration to give you some more mobility amc something like that um acceleration on Mm -hmm. those types of gods that do want to survive the burst uh makes a little bit of sense um to me or if for acceleration if you're guaranteed gonna get hit by a dot yeah i think acceleration goes up in value a lot on immobile characters um yeah i don't think about the judgment four seconds is good I think about the judgment on Zong Kui. That's a pretty good idea you got there, Agro. Sometimes the old pretty noggin still idea. works from time to time, it's you know? Sometimes actually a little it's... scary, you know, thinking about it now. Good, good. I it, I want them to be scary. I want all these to be scary, to be honest. Uh, they're more fun that way. And I, I assume the max health is with items as well. So if you have, like, E-Staff procs and all that stuff, it's going to be off of your total health currently, not, like, just your god i guess like base health it's maximum health uh i believe so it it shouldn't have to worry about i mean e-staff does just add it onto your pool so Mm -hmm. if you've e-staff proc'd them then yeah i think that would count um okay but no like shields or or anything like that yeah yeah, yeah. um just gotcha gotcha um all right belt of frenzy uh the base version goes up from 10 percent to 15 percent and duration increased from five to six uh, that has carried over to the tier two, but no longer ha- the tier two no longer has the penetration buff because that'll be a little bit later. Uh, Belt of the Berserker, using this item grants all allied gods within seventy units thirty percent increased damage dealt to all targets, including objectives, and fifty percent attack speed Whoa. increase, decaying zero every zero point five seconds for six seconds. Uh, so you gonna be swinging with this one mm-hmm. um i assume this does not get you over cap because normally we say when things get you over cap uh but we will we will see um and then belt of insatiable hunger using this item grants all allied gods in seven units 15 percent increased damage dealt to all targets including objectives and 25 percent attack speed increase for 10 seconds if you earn a kill or assist on an enemy god while this buff is active the duration refreshes 
This can only occur once per use. So it has to kill a god. You can't refresh the duration on like by killing fire and then continuing to fight. But mm -hmm. I think these two have very clear strengths. Uh, yep. That you know, it's not. It's not. Doesn't take a whole lot of. Uh, analysis i think i mean belt of the berserker no. is just it does double the the increased damage uh 30 is an insane amount but it's mm -hmm. for a, a shorter duration um and once it's used it's used whereas belt of insatiable hunger for a longer uh, for a longer team fight something like that uh is going to get a ton of value is the decaying on the damage as well as the attack speed or just the attack speed um that is a good question I also I wanted believe... to get like, the actual stats for the decay. For like, if, is it just like, uh, flavor like... does everything decays, and that sounds right based okay. on how it's written. Um, yeah. yeah. So basically, the thing that supports have to think of is: Are we trying to burst a god in these six seconds, or are we trying to burst an objective in those six seconds? And if we're not trying to do that within that time frame, I would say like three seconds, honestly. Because then Insatiable Hunger becomes better, mm -hmm. I think, at three seconds. Um, so if you're not doing a lot of bursts in those three seconds, then Insatiable Hunger just looks way better. Like, Dude, you are going to... get more value. Yeah, but, like, let's say... Like, I'm about to raw snipe someone, and mm -hmm. my support pops Belt of the Berserker. Like, I'm going to legit one-tap them. Like, 30% mm -hmm. increased damage is a lot. Like, I'm going to legitimately one-tap that person um yeah i think it would just take more communication a little more synergy or like just an anubis walking to a fire giant then just pressing four yeah that's gonna actually one shot that would be awesome <laughs> that'd be so fun yeah that sounds sick that's very cool um all right blink up next the two upgrades are corrupted blink rune using this item allows you to teleport 45 units away instantly which is what it is now this item cannot be used if you have taken or dealt damage in the last three seconds. Same as now. On blinking, slow all enemies' movement speed and attack speed by 15% within a 25-unit radius for 2.5 seconds. So it's kind of like a horrific emblem on a blink. Um, yep. You want to talk about a sick initiation. Uh, this one's real, real good for that. And obviously mm -hmm. the other one has been nerfed the the damage numbers on it that i'm about to read are wrong because again i'm reading the initial patch notes but um i will say that people i think have been sleeping on corrupted blink rune i think this i think this is a really really good upgrade for supports in particular yeah i've gotten that a lot to well i was just going build to the screw over adc so i was going like the corrupted blink and the shell and the breastplate upgrade yep and all of those combined you can literally make an ADC not play the game. But yep. I do think Scorching Blink Rune probably overall has more value if you're able to get off those blinks. But I don't know as a frontliner how often you'll be able to get off those blinks. So if it's not often, Corrupted Blink's obviously way better. But if you can get off those blinks... like, Can you imagine going against three frontliners that all have the Scorching Blink and they all just blink on you and you're just burning true damage? Well, it's That's only no. behind them, right? Here, let me read it real quick. Awesome. Uh, it's, whenever you blink, you basically leave an Agni 3-style yep. trail of fire behind you that deals true damage. Uh, the numbers that are on here have been nerfed pretty significantly, and I don't know what they are off the top of my head. 
Um, yeah, I don't know what they are either. <laughs> but it was like one tapping people. It's no longer. Uh, it's no longer doing that. Um, the. You know, I think that like if if they are just running at us and they like scorching blink on you, it the the fire trail shouldn't matter a whole lot, right? Because you're running away from them still. And it only well, goes guess. over their blink area. There was a time where I got like King Arthur ulted into a scorching blink and I literally just got one shot. And I think that was after the nerf. That's awesome. So I think Yeah, I love that by the way. Uh I think if you can position i i mean obviously like if you're trying to blink max range dc someone you still aren't going to get value off the scorching mm -hmm. but i think with people positioning better with the blinks that there will be playing for with scorching blink i think they'll get a lot of value from it yeah very possible can i say as a, as a quick aside that i truly do mean that's awesome that you just got one shot by like two abilities and one of them oh blink. but thank you just in the early stage like there's no competitive play on this patch. It's a new season. And if you don't, see, in my opinion, I want things to just be absolutely out of control wild. Because that's more fun. Like, yeah, it's broken, but everyone can do it. It's fun. And it'll all get tuned to an appropriate level eventually. I don't, you know, if... If we release a whole bunch of new stuff and everyone goes, yeah, but it all needs buffs, no one's going to be excited. Um, it's it's not... It, it, I think that having it release OP is good and correct. Um, and I'm about it. Is Mike selling you on this banana invention, by the way? Yeah, I'm pretty sold. Okay, we were... Mike and Sam were over at my house uh, earlier this week and we were watching Shark Tank. And... This product was on Shark Tank. Basically, the way it works is you, like, put a banana in, like, a, a sleeve, basically. And then there's, like, a coring tool. You're going to cut off the end. And then you, and then you like, decor the banana. You, like, pull the middle out of it. And then you can slide it onto a tube that is, like, filled with peanut butter or Nutella or whatever you want to stuff your banana with. And then you just, like, and then you pump it. And you and it fills the banana with Nutella or caramel or whatever you want, um, in there. That's a great idea, but I would spend twenty nine dollars on it. It's too expensive. Number one, can we make a Shark yeah, Tank 100%. review podcast? I'm obsessed with watching Shark Tank. Yeah. By the way, I I'm hate down. capitalism. I really hate it, but I love Shark Tank. Uh, <laughs> and this idea just stinks, dude. I hate it. Imagine no, it's a great idea. Good once this would be good once and then you're gonna have to clean it and you're gonna go i regret all 30 dollars i spent on this thing yeah i would spend 30 dollars on it. i mean i would much rather keep those 30 bucks and just chop up the banana and then like dip the banana in whatever i wanted bingo and spend it's a great idea but for 30 bucks no way yeah and i'm out and for those reasons i'm out <laughs> bracer of radiance uh is the next uh is the next one dude every time you drink from that kombucha bottle i think you're just sipping on a beer and i'm kind of here for it you know i'm like i should go get a beer um especially with well, the way this podcast wait. started i could use it um yeah seriously should we just have and then the we... Steelers lose well they're going to. So they're going oh. to for sure um Sorry. that's all right i don't care that much uh should we have a an off-season podcast where we just drink during it sure cool Let's do I'm that. down. 
I'm I'm extreme lightweight, so that's perfect. Yeah, I actually am too. Okay. I don't know if I don't know if prediction's cool with that, so I got to clear it with them. But it sounds fun to me, so you know we'll we'll find. If it happens, you know, it happens, we gave it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> we gave the idea to our audience, but we got to ask the boss first. It's always better to ask for forgiveness than permission, Vera. Come on, we're, we're old enough to know that, and we've all, we've both been in committed relationships enough to know that. Bra- Bracer yeah. of brilliance, place a radiant glow at a target location for ninety seconds. Allies who move mm-hmm. through this glow gain 20% increased power and 20% increased movement speed for 8 seconds. It acts as a sentry ward. If destroyed, the cooldown of the relic is reduced by 20 seconds. So pretty similar to how it functions now, but definitely a bigger... I don't know what the numbers are now, but 20% seems much higher than uh, than what it is. This just... Okay, maybe I'm an idiot, uh-huh. which is very possible, but this just seems better than Girdle? Um, it lasts for ninety seconds, and you can yeah. walk through it consistently. And it's a sentry ward. And if it gets destroyed, you get twenty seconds off the cooldown. That all seems good to me. Yeah, this seems. I was I was testing this in my in my viewer games, and it seemed very good for like you could literally just sprint your team out of situations by just throwing it at them. Yeah, I think this also seems very good. But I was also very high on initial bracer teams. It did get see it did see good amount of play competitive. Dude. Same. I love Bracer. I mean, I think it's just like the 50-50-ness of it. Like, obviously above or below a certain amount of HP. Right. Um, but now you just get it both for free. I mean, not for free, you have to spend gold on But you just get both, like, anyways. Yep. So I think this relic is extremely strong. Maybe I'm an idiot, but that seems 20% power and 20% movement speed for 8 seconds. When it lasts for 90 seconds. And it's a century... <laughs> I don't know. All that seems pretty good to me. I feel like I'm trying to sell this thing right now. I know. It's like you're on Shark Tank for... Hey, Sharks. (laughs) Have you ever wanted to get Ward Vision on the Fire Giant, but also deal more damage to it if they don't have a sentry? Well, introducing the Bracer of Brilliance. Uh, Mr. Wonderful's like, how many sales? And we're like, we're actually pre-revenue. It's only been on PTS. And he's like, take it behind the barn and shoot it. I watch a lot of Shark Tank. Bracer of Illumination. Uh... Allies who move through this glow gain 10% power if above half health or 15% movement speed if below half health for 8 seconds. Mm -hmm. Uh, On use, a light sprite appears, patrolling back and forth, revealing enemies along the way. Uh, I've never bought this. Yeah, I didn't play with or against this. I guess it all depends on this sprite um, and how good that is. That Um, thing has to move a lot. Yeah. and cover a lot of distance and move really fast in my opinion because this has the same like problem as before where if it's below half health so it makes you not want to get it whereas the other one is just you get it automatically and then you can get value off the light sprite and then also you can't get value off of it depending on which pathway it's patrolling so i don't know if you can set the pathway when you put it down i assume not so it just seems worse honestly but yeah. I mean, we'll see. I don't. I just don't know anything about the lights, but I probably should have done some testing. But I didn't. So sorry. I'm all about that. Uh, cloak of aesthetic. This is the new. Uh, I think that's that's not how you pronounce that word, but I'm doing it because it's my podcast. Get it over it. Looks right to me. Um, this is one of the meditation upgrades. Using this item causes you to enter a meditative state where nearby allied gods within 35 units restore 40 plus seven percent of their missing health and mana each tick. Heals occur once every four seconds. Each pulse reduces cooldowns of all abilities by 1.5 seconds. So basically just a 
juiced up version of current uh, meditation. Cloak of the Avatar. Using this item causes you to enter a meditative state where nearby allied gods within 35 units restore 12 plus 6% of their missing health and mana each tick. Uh, once every four seconds, you get a tick. You also gain a protective barrier of wind that explodes if an enemy comes within 15 units, knocking them back. Uh, I also have not. Uh, I also have not play tested against this one yet. Have you? Um, I used it, but I didn't realize. Is that for everyone that you tag it with, or is that just for the user? Um, I guess it says you also it says gain. You also gain, which makes me think it is only user, but I am not sure. Okay. Um, I did test this, and it was really fun to just knock away frontliners that were currently diving you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would ever realistically buy this in a competitive situation, because I feel like sometimes the value isn't there over, like, the eggs that we covered earlier. Right. Um, but it'll definitely be fun to just troll around with. Yeah. Um, or, like, if you need to knock up in your team comp, I think it's funny. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it will see a lot of value, but I think it's it's got to be like at least pretty good i mean that sounds really obvious but i, I feel like it's got to be at least you can get some value of it yeah gods like sylvanas and and those that really can't handle like when they get meleeed on um mm-hmm. this seems really good on for sure um okay some onk upgrades uh blighted onk using this item reduces the healing received by all enemy gods within 55 units by 60 percent for 10 seconds and removes 75% of any currently applied shield. Enemies that are healed by God abilities while affected by this curse take 20% more damage from all sources for, for the duration of the curse. All healing reduced by this effect is instead distributed to your allies in a 40 unit radius around you. This seems good to me. <laughs> you, yep. I completely agree. Yeah. This seems actually that insane. Seems- yep it's i mean yeah we'll we'll, we'll cover the other one first yeah fair cover enough. drowned onk drowned onk you uh, dude it's gonna be so hard having to memorize all of these names for all the onk i can't just say onk anymore i gotta say blighted onk or drowned onk got a lot of re- i got a lot of uh, tr- studying to do those aren't attractive names to say either really quickly well i mean i don't want to be blighted or drowned so i guess you're right with that um all right, Drown Onk, using this item reduces the healing received by all enemy gods within 55 units by 40% for 10 seconds and removes 75% of any currently applied shield. Enemies that are healed by god abilities while affected by this curse cause a pool of miasma to form beneath them that persists for 6 seconds. The miasma deals 2% of the cur- enemy's current health every 0.5 seconds while enemies are inside it and refreshes the Onk debuff effect. So this is now an Onk that deals damage outright yep. whenever you whenever you apply it to them and they try and heal both onks are so good i don't know which one i like more up against like hell and sylvanas and, and ardio and all that kind of stuff yeah i think it'll just depend on the god but i don't know both of them are really good but blighted seems slightly better Depending on how big the pool of miasma is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. if Does it say the size? I don't think it does. Uh, it um, does not. I've tried the Drowned Ock a few times against like healing comps. And it, I think sometimes you get a lot of value off of it. But I think Blighted is just kind of strictly better. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's like 
If they're obviously like in a corridor and they're healing in the corridor and people are just dying while walking through there, I think the drowned onk is really sick. But blighted just seems like the better option. Um, yeah, I'm not sure because yeah. like it just depends on which direction the team fight's going in. Like if they're just charging at you, then I feel like the drowned onk isn't going to get much value because they're just walking like over the pools quickly. Right. So blighted, I I don't know. It's yeah, but imagine Obviously, like you got Kabraken, you like lock them in or tremble them, and then they're on the and then they're on the pool and they're taking damage. Yeah. that sounds awesome. That that is true. That is true. We'll see. I did check and it was doing a lot of damage when I did go it. So yeah. I, I think it's just situationally dependent. Obviously, yeah. makes sense to me. Um, entangling wings. These are the uh, oh man the heavenly wings upgrades. Entangling wings. Using this item increases the movement speed of all allied gods within fifty five units by twenty percent for five seconds. It makes you immune to slows. On use, this relic also roots enemies around you for one second. Yep, that's going to be good. There's no way that can't be good. <laughs> I also think it's going to be really good. And I think no I'm okay cap with it. That might be one of the best relics. I think like, it is one of the best relics. I think it's one of like, the best relics. And you know what? I think it's cool. I do. I'm going to say it. It is obviously insanely good, yep. but you know, you, you look at it for years. Our players have been saying, you know, look at what Dota does. Look at what league of legends does with the way that they can use their items. And we can't have item effects that require button presses because of uh, how popular the game is on controllers. And mm -hmm. by the way, that is an advantage, not a disadvantage because that's like why we're here. Um, and this is a really good way to add these types of effects that on, on those yep. games would be on items in our games. It can be on a relic like this. Um, and I think it is cool. I like, I am not concerned. I, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of people complain about it. I don't, I don't want them to complain about it. I think they should just like it. Cause I like it, but obviously that's not going to happen, but in short, I think it's I think it's cool. Very good, but scary to play against. But I completely agree with your opinion and support your opinion because I think adding stuff like this is really exciting, and it also gives the game a lot of different things to buff and nerf. Like you already had like all the starters last year yep. that you had to constantly buff and nerf, and now we're throwing like twenty relics into the pool that we also have to balance. <laughs> so good luck, design team. But I do think this is a very good idea. Um, I think it's sometimes a little scary because you can just kind of get like raw dog, like Sylvanas sprint pulled. You can get like Ganesh ulted off a of sprint. Um, awesome. Or you can just like be barely in range, get ruined, and then die because of it. Yep. And those situations don't sound fun as a carry, but they do sound fun for the game. So I think in that situation, I think these are very good design aspects. Agreed. Hasted Wings is the other option. Uh, you get 20% movement speed in all allies, and then 55 units. 20% movement speed for 4 seconds. Immune to slows. And grants haste. Uh, so you don't have the basic attack penalty. For the duration, successful basic attacks increase the duration by 1 second up to an additional 4 seconds. So as long as you're hitting your autos, and you've got plenty of opportunities in 4 seconds, uh, you will get this to an 8 second uh, movement speed increase. Any chance of this coming back as the uh, as the gas pedal uh, for ADCs? 
I see this getting nerfed. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think straight up eight seconds potentially of haste, which in a late game team fight, you are definitely going to get eight seconds of haste every single time. I think that is a very, very, very good thing. Um, I think this is probably... Yeah, I think this might just bring back the gas pedal. Like, if you're in that 1v1 where most of the time the enemy character or enemy god will survive your 1v1, you can literally just sprint them down the lane now. Yeah. Like, they can't get from you. <laughs> like, you, they can jump, you can jump, and then you just chase them down the lane. So it sounds fun. Uh, might, I think it will probably get nerfed. Um, but I think it's a very exciting change and fun. There you go. Uh, horrific emblem. We gotta speed up, by the way. We only have like ten minutes left until nine o'clock. Um, one of the increase, one of the upgrades, emblem oh, of an increasing gosh, peril. Good lord, these are gonna be the hardest ones to remember. Uh, using this item slows the movement speed of all enemy gods within thirty-five units by thirty percent for five seconds. Their attack speed is also reduced by twenty-five percent for the duration. Additionally, their damage dealt is reduced by fifteen percent. If an enemy deals, that's a lot of numbers. That's a lot of numbers. If an enemy deals 10% of an allied god's maximum health in this time, the debuff effects are increased by 10% each, stacking yep. up to three times. This is the craziest... I think this is crazier than the than the blink rune. Than, like, the, the true the damage initial blink. One? Yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, This is nutso. Like, this is... Yep. Remember when Terra ult used to just be press for insta-win your team fight because you just stat check them? Yep. This is like twice as good as that version of, of Terra Alt. I see this getting nerfed. I yeah. don't even want to entertain it that much because I see it getting nerfed basically 100%. Because you can potentially have a 60% movement speed decrease on you, which sounds a lot of fun, honestly. And a 55% attack speed I reduction. Will say, I will say it is hard to get all three stacks because each stack you get makes it harder to hit the next stack. Mm, yeah, they won't nerf it now. That's a good point. Emblem of Trembling Terror. This item slows the movement speed of all enemy gods within 35 units by 30% for 5 seconds. Their attack speed <laughs> is also reduced by 25% for the duration. Additionally, mm -hmm. they lose 15% damage. If an enemy is dealt 30% damage of their maximum health during this duration, they are trembled for 1.5 seconds. Uh, this is also really good. It's just not as good as the other one. Yep. I, same page. I agree. Um, I think the tremble is cute, but if you can potentially stack the other things three times, and yeah, that's got to be better. Like, Especially because you're not always going to be hitting like a frontline character. Like If you hit the assassin... That's a lot of max HP. Yep. Um, really quickly. So, yep. yeah. Uh, fortifying shell. Using this item applies a shield to themselves and allies within 35 units for 100 health plus 12 health per god level for three seconds. Additionally, all allies take 50% reduced damage from basic attacks for the duration. When the shield is broken or expires, allies gain a new buff, providing 20% damage mitigation and 20% movement speed for three seconds. Uh, really good. It's like shell and sprint at the same time. This is insane. Yeah, uh, this is we nuts. did a we did a lot of damage testing with this, and it's literally insane. Uh, I think I tweeted about it. It's like super easy to counter build ADCs right now. Yep. This shell destroys ADCs. You yep. literally cannot play the game if you go the breastplate upgrade and this shell upgrade. The ADC literally cannot do damage to you, which. 
I don't love that design aspect from it because I feel like you can literally just shut down one person on the enemy team super easily with sure. these items. Um, so that's not cool for like streaming and stuff if people just literally just go shell in that breastplate upgrade. Um, but this is a very, very, very strong relic. Like one of the most like OP relics that on the release in my opinion. Yep, agreed. Phantom Shell, uh, basically the same thing. You still get the 50% reduced damage from basic attack for the duration. You get a slightly bigger shield, uh, but it also allows you to pass through players and player-made objects. So no more Phantom. It's now Phantom Shell. Yep. Uh, Purification Beads. The two options are Chaotic Beads. Using this item makes you CC immune for two seconds. Uh, any CC effect that is cleansed during this time, including on activation, sends out a homing projectile to the enemy god who applied it, dealing 7% of their maximum health Tanks buying beads are going to love, love these beads, I feel like. Which this did get nerfed, right? I do not know. Because I, I want to say people were telling me it would literally one-shot a Hoombots, and then I bought it and it didn't one-shot a Hoombots, so it only like ticked twice, I think, on the on the bats before yeah, I died. Yeah, that's probably, in that's probably uh, something that you know would get changed uh, one way or another. Yeah, t- it can only trigger two times per usage per god. Okay, yeah. But that's still a lot of damage you could potentially be sending out. And then yep. Temporal Beads is just the old school upgraded beads. Reduces active cooldowns by three seconds. Lets you make cool plays. Aggressive beads. Uh, always a big fan of, of this effect. So excited to have it back for sure. Completely agree. I think aggressive beads literally made backliners able to do so many more things instead of just dying. Like, beads and aggressively is one of the most fun things in the game. Yep. Welcome back to the Giannis alt two beads two situation because yep. uh that's same with evo bro yep that's what i'm gonna be doing to people and i can't wait thorns of overgrowth using this item reflects 25 percent of all damage you take before mitigations for the next five seconds back to its own earth magical damage if you are dealt 120 uh times your level damage while mm-hmm. this effect is active the effect will end early while this is active Enemies can only lifesteal from you for 50% of their total lifesteal. Additionally, you gain 5% movement speed and attack speed for each enemy god within 20 units. And then the other thorns is uh, using this item reflects 35% of all damage you take before mitigations for the next two seconds back to its own magical damage. Uh, they can only lifesteal from you for 75% of their total lifesteal. And each basic attack from enemy gods reduces the cooldown of this item by 0.5 seconds. And its cooldown is 80 seconds. Which one are you less looking forward to playing against, Barra? Uh, I think sapping strength kind of sucks um, because it's only for two seconds. I yeah. think that's really good against mages. Like, yep. say a cuckoo's obviously going to be ulting you. You're ready for it. You just slam dunk him and he, he's dead. Right. But against ADCs, if I see you buying that, two seconds is obviously way shorter than five seconds in a team fight scenario. Yep. So if I can just play around that for a little bit, um, obviously you can get it back way sooner um, with the auto attacks reducing the cooldown, but I think Overgrowth is just better. Yep. Uh, Sundering Blast fires a bolt that travels 70 units, stopping on first god hit and splashing in a 20-unit radius, dealing 15% of their current health as true damage and reducing any active shields by 75%. Targets hit take 5% increased damage for five five seconds, stacking two times because this relic has two charges so you get an aoe sunder which is really dope um and then sundering siphon fire a bolt that travels 50 units so not as far stopping on first god hit reducing any active shields by 75 percent and linking them to you 
For the next four seconds, they are dealt 5% of their current health as true damage every second, and you receive half that amount as healing. Enemies can break the link if they move past 60 units from you. The relic has two charges. A second hit on the same target will just refresh the duration. I've seen, I saw a lot of plays happening with Sundering Siphon, and it looked very cool. Uh, I think yeah, it's really I think, sweet. I think Sundering Siphon is better than Sundering Blast, yep. uh, unfortunately, but I had a lot of fun with Sundering Blast. Whenever people would group up, you get a ton of value from this when people group up. Yep. But unfortunately, I think Siphon is just statistically better. Yep. But, you know, if you need Sunder against their comp and they've got a lot of mobility and you're playing God without a lot of mobility, they're pretty likely to break the link. And Sundering Blast, I think, is still really good um, in those scenarios. Yep, so certainly usable. Uh, all right, last relics, teleports. Uh, heroic teleport. Oh, right item allows you to teleport to any allied structure or ward while rooted in place. This effect is not interrupted by damage, but is interrupted by hard crowd control. After teleporting, you gain slow immunity, 20% movement speed, and 40 protections for 10 seconds, and it is on a 130-second cooldown. Then there's persistent teleport. Using this item allows you to teleport to any allied structure or ward while rooted in place. This effect is not interrupted by damage, but it is interrupted by crowd control, uh, hard crowd control. Kills and assists on enemy gods reduce this cooldown by 10 seconds. Its cooldown is 90 seconds at base. Everyone is losing their mind over persistent teleport, saying it's really uh, OP. It is really OP. That is That might be the best relic ever released. Really? You think it's that good? Yep. It is that good. You can literally go relic tagger and gank on cooldown. You literally always have a teleport back to lane. Yeah, I do think Relic Dagger probably needs looking at with how much stronger all these relics became. Um, yep. It just in a vacuum became much stronger. Yep. Relic Dagger out of the equation. Is this really that OP? Assuming I, you can't build Relic Dagger. I don't know if it's that OP, but the, the stuff that I saw people doing in my viewer games is just disgusting. Like, you can... I was playing with Spinner, and then one of my viewers just came up with it. He literally spam-ganked me as a Wheelix with this, and literally, it was like I couldn't play the lane because he was always there. And I don't know if it will actually be good in a realistic scenario, like once people are used to it, but it is very strong in my opinion. Yeah, I think... I it's I don't cool. know without Relic Dagger, though, but I think it's literally yes. insane. I think that combination is clearly uh, abusable. I think without Relic Dagger and you tack an extra, like, 20 seconds on this bad boy, I think it's fine. Um, yep, agreed. And I think it's cool. I'm excited to see. I hope Teleport comes back into the meta in some way. I think Teleport, for cool plays, is cool. Using it to enable weak laning phases, less cool. Um, is kind of sure. where yep. I'm at on that. Um all right, that does it. We obviously still have so much more to talk about with season nine, glyph items, yeah. god changes, all that kind of stuff. So you know, we've got a we got a long off season ahead of us, so we got plenty of time to cover that. Um, we do have a random question of the week that I did think about, and by think about, I mean my oh. lovely wife told me one to ask, uh, which was really smart by her. Um, like we mentioned earlier, it's snowing in Georgia, um, and as a result, it's a little chilly. Well, no, it's really it's a little chilly, and as a result, it is snowing. Um, mm -hmm. and she made a delicious soup that we're going to be eating over these next few days. Soup oh. OP. Yep. Talk to me about your favorite soups, Barrow. What do you got in that category? Um, so we've been trying this vegan chicken noodle soup and Ooh. it is delicious. Basically, Dusty makes it the exact same way. 
but without the chicken, obviously, with just the chicken broth. It's like no chicken broth paste. And it tastes just like chicken. It still has the satisfying, like, stomach feel, the heartwarming feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but back when I ate a lot of meat, I loved beef stew with, like, Beef stew with just a ton of vegetables in it. Yeah. Um, was one of my favorite ones. And then all-time favorite um, is probably potato soup. Yes, um, Barracuda. Like, the correct if it's answer. Really, if it's really creamy and it's got that really good consistency to it, and it's like cheesy, potatoey, and you got like all the add-ons to it, yeah. um, I think that bacon is by top. far the best soup. A little, yep. couple scallions on top, maybe, some green onion, something like that. Potato soup is the goat soup. That's all there is to yep. it. It's got everything. You can make it a million different ways, but it's always delicious. I want it nice and thick, you know, that, mm-hmm. oh, and that's what she made. It's like this thick, delicious it, potato soup. It gets better the longer you leave it in the fridge. It just yeah. like tastes better, uh, which is really great. Um, I'm that's like very legitimately excited. Soup, by the way. What'd you say? That's very important for soups. Yes. They need to get better the longer they're in the fridge. Yep. hundred percent. Otherwise it's not working for me. The one, the one bad thing is that Publix was out of celery whenever we went to get stuff for it. Because, you know, what? snow. The snow's coming. we got to buy all the celery. Everyone's going to buy all the celery. You're like, bro, who took all the freaking celery? We're pissed. Uh, so no celery in there. And we are missing it a little bit. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, onions, carrots. Uh, it's, all, it's all good. Dude, potato it's soup like- is great. Every bite of potato soup is different, but then also the same. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly well, what you mean. Really st- yeah, okay. No, okay. I'm, getting, I'm getting you on that. I really am. I really am, dude. It's really good. Uh, my, my number two soup, broccoli <laughs> cheddar soup. It's basically oh. just like, is it even soup? Like, it's really just like a dip. <laughs> that That's the best way <laughs> of broccoli cheddar soup. And kind of all soups. Like, bread bowls for soup, unbelievable dipping like bread into your soup unbelievably op needs a nerf 100 yep. percent. way more op than persistent teleport with relic dagger uh <laughs> and broccoli cheddar soup with like a baguette unbelievable uh-huh. just so good i feel like i could eat that every single day um it is really good and i would definitely die but it's got broccoli so it has to be healthy for me you know that's, uh, that's exactly the nine pounds of cheese you put in there is counteracted by the small amount of broccoli it's got some green you know that's uh yeah. that's the way it works you know that's the way it works it's got a little bit all right thanks everyone for watching i'm sorry i yelled at you all at the beginning of the podcast um but you deserved it and i was right and i won't take it back uh, it sounded like you needed that honestly yeah i just always need to yell a little bit um yeah that's why my job choice makes a lot of sense uh for me mm-hmm. i think um but yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you next time here on the Backliners. Make sure you're checking out all our sponsors and uh, prediction and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, and we will see you next week here on the Backliners. Barry, you know what to do. Bye. Clean. Oh my goodness, that was that was good. That was good. <laughs>